You're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow a side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews. So let's get started. Hey everyone, on this episode, my guest is Miko Drew. Miko is a recent corporate America retiree turned full-time food blogger. She walked away from a six-figure salary to start a lifestyle and food empire. But as you can probably guess, it hasn't always been smooth sailing. As the Side Hustle Pro Entrepreneur in Residence, Miko will share the real picture of entrepreneurship after quitting your job. We're going to follow her journey for an entire year. So we'll start off with her story today and get to know her and what she's been up to since she made the leap. And then we'll check in with her every three months to see her progress. So let's go ahead and welcome Miko to the hot seat. Thanks for being our entrepreneur in residence, Miko. I got status. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, my pleasure. I'm so excited. You know, on my blog, I always talk about my journey. And so any way that I can continue to share and, and bring transparency to the process, um, I'm more than happy to. So right. happy, happy to be here. And yep. I, I really appreciate that. So Miko is the founder of MikoInTheDish.com. And if you go to her website, if you aren't already following her, start today because she is really, really real. Like when I mean none of that, you know, social media highlight real stuff. She shares like the ups and the downs. Um, but, you know, let's let's get started. Like, let's talk about like how you even got started with food. So tell us about your relationship with food and cooking and who taught you how to cook. Yeah, so it started very, very young. I'm the oldest of four girls, um, and my um, stepdad, who um, eventually divorced my mom, this is starting out really, really sad. (laughs) (laughs) My stepdad was an amazing cook. He was an amazing cook. He was, like, an at-home dad, and my mom was the one who worked. And so, like, in all of that, like, he would bring us to the kitchen and teach us, you know, different recipes and tell us the importance of food. And, um, that's kind of where it all stemmed. And eventually, like I said, they divorced but, and, and so it ended up being my mom, me and my sisters. And so it was really important for me at that point to step up to the plate and to help out. And, and I'd helped out in what way I can. And so like, I was kind of the mom at home and my mom was kind of the husband who worked. Right. Um, that sounds weird, but you get what I'm saying. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would, I would always cook for my family and, and that was something that just, I had to do. Um, but eventually, like, as I started college, you know, people would say like, we want to do an event. Like we need somebody to cook, like who knows how to cook. And I would be the girl who volunteered eventually enough volunteering and people liking it. And they were like, Oh yeah, Miko, Miko will handle the food, right? Like she's responsible for the food ministry. (laughs) (laughs) Food ministry. Right. You know what I mean? That was my calling. And so um, it just kind of like um, organically evolved from there. Um, And then and then, yeah, like, you know, from there, it kind of went into other areas. I don't know if you want to talk about it now, but like my relationship with food really started from a from a family and a need and me loving what I was doing and something that I just like enjoyed into something that I I am now like moving into into things that like provide profit for me. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we'll get into 
definitely a little bit more about your career journey. I think it will be helpful for me to know, you know, what's been your career path prior to starting this venture. I know that you dabbled in, not dabbled, but worked full-time in marketing. And, you know, how did that come about? Did you ever pursue working in food or you just were kind of focused on corporate America? So I have never wanted to be a chef. And I don't know if that sounds surprising or not, but like that's never been like what I wanted to do. I love what what I am good at is creating dining experiences. I love to I love to entertain and I love to entertain with really good food. And so I make sure that the food is good. But it's not really about me wanting to be a chef or working in a kitchen. So that's never been a path for me. Um, I'm super business minded. And so um, I've always wanted to do marketing. And so I studied marketing in undergrad, uh, worked for an oil and gas company where I did marketing for their investor relations um, arm. Um, and did that for seven years. And um, and I had a lot of favor with the company and stayed there for a long time, clearly. But eventually I realized, you know, I I, I, I really wanted to do like traditional marketing for like a, a consumer packaged good company or within the retail space. And so that's why I went back to business school to kind of get that experience that I needed and to be able to reposition myself for those types of jobs. Um, coming out of business school, I ended up working at Target and, uh, and, and, and outside of cooking, like the other passion was beauty because my mom was, a, was a stylist growing up. And so like we had every style in the book, braids, weaves, knots. I mean, you name it, we had it. And so I used that, that experience, um, to get the position as, as a beauty buyer. And so I worked in hair care. I worked in skin care. I worked in personal care. Um, and eventually I was like, you know what? I really, really want to try try this this entrepreneurial thing on my own, and so that's what that's what I eventually did. But as far as like pursuing a traditional um, culinary career, that that's not it. I'm definitely a new age culinary professional. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, so <laughs> she just invented a new title. She speaking I'm of titles, you I'm a new age. <laughs> I am. I am See, like. This is why she's a marketer. This is why you are a marketer because you know how to brand yourself. And and we'll, you know, let me write myself a note. We we do have to get. We really have to touch on the branding piece because, yeah. you know, I knew I always wanted to study marketing. Something always appealed to me about it, but. As I work to do Side Hustle Pro, I really realized how much of an advantage we have being trained in marketing to launch any type of business because we know how to brand ourselves. So we'll get to that in a minute. But, you know, speaking of titles you've given yourself, right, as a (laughs) self-proclaimed corporate America retiree, walk us through the day you resigned from Target. Yeah. So one, and, 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 you know, my theme is transparency. So I don't want to come on this call and say, I decided I'm going to be a blogger and I walked away from my job. Mm -hmm. That is completely irresponsible to tell somebody that that is the right approach to do. And that is not what I did. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I decided, so target many, many people know already is undergoing a huge change. They hired a new CEO and they're really re-strategizing what they're doing from a merchandising perspective. When I started looking at my career trajectory, I, I did not feel like it was aligned with merchandising full term. And I wanted to make a decision to move into something else. The problem is, is that um, what, where, where the misalignment came is that, you know, the merchandising track was kind of uh, on hold at 
far as movement because of all of the changes that were happening with the company. I wanted something to happen faster. And so um, I did not put in years of education to not believe that I don't have the skill sets to do whatever the hell that I want to do. And Thank so you. say that again. <laughs> <laughs> I did not, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but but really, like I, I did four years of, of undergrad. I've I've been to business school. I've traveled all around the world. I've met some of the smartest people. I have connections. And I wanted to like at, at at this point in my life really believe in those connections and those experiences that I had. So that's so that was one component. Then I am not a spring chicken baby. Like I <laughs> Mid thirties, okay. I mean, may, my early, mid, early to mid. Right, right. We, we 30s, gonna make right? some new I, brackets. We gonna make some new brackets. We're gonna divide each year into two. Yeah, let's bracket that real quick. But, but really, but this is super real. So, and and this is coming from a woman's lens. Like, I don't have children. I am not married. I have this desire to be an entrepreneur. I have these other passions that I that I want to explore, but I haven't given enough attention to. I don't exercise work-life balance because I'm trying to fight the same fight everybody else is fighting. At, at that point in my life, I said, you know what? There is never going to be a time where it feels good. It's almost like when you're, you're, you get married and you're like, when do we have kids? Like, I don't know. We just, it, it just happened. Like, it just happened. Like, you never feel completely comfortable. Um, only, only a very special, pe- a special group of people actually plan for it. And for me, it was like, you know, there will never be a time like this in my life where I have all this experience. I have all these network and connections. I have all, I mean, and I'm not talking about my professional experience. I'm talking about like the classes I took in digital marketing or, or, or graphic design. Like everything to me was lining up and saying, this makes sense. I left Target. And when I left Target, it was, be- it was more of, you know what? I want to do this on the side and I'm still going to find another job that allows me to have the balance that I'm looking for. Okay. As I saw, and I started, and I started um, and let's talk about finances real quick. Yes. Oh, so we're going to get to that girl. We're going to get, we have a whole talk coming okay, up perfect, about finances. Perfect. So <laughs> I left, I left target saying like, you know what? Like I will find something else. I'm not worried about it. I'm a Michigan alum. Right. Go blue. <laughs> I'm not worried about it, but what, but, but what I do, but I, what, what I don't have is all the time in the world to, to pursue this passion. So I'm going to try this right now and I'll look, mm-hmm. I went to national black pretending like I was going to interview. Right. Like, um, and, and for those who don't know national, the national black MBA conference is a conference where you go and you like recruit for like for jobs. And so I, I, I did the whole work and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to recruit for these things, but I'm just doing my little, you know, my blog on the side. As I continue to develop the blog, and when we talk about that brand, as I started to define my brand, I'm like, there is a need. Like, this this is more than just a hobby. Like, this is what I want to do. And so I gave myself a timeline, and I said, you know what? I'm going to put everything into this for this period of time. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But I'm, I'm being transparent. I'm like... I'm a, I'm a, I'm a corporate America retiree. Uh, I, 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 I ain't, I ain't got it all figured out, but this is what I'm doing. And I think people really identify yeah. in their search. And so it's worked for me, but, um, it's not because I've had it all figured out. It's literally because as things have moved on a lot of prayer, <laughs> a, lot of prayer yeah. a lot of people who are my friends who've been like, had strategy sessions with me, like have all come together and made it work. Okay. And yeah, I think it's important that we talk about that because, you know, 
doing this podcast interviewing different people, I do hear the common theme of you're never fully ready. But at the same time, it's irresponsible to just say that broadly, right? Like, that doesn't mean you quit your job with zero funds, people. Listen, I'm gonna say that again, folks at home. This podcast does not endorse leaving your job with zero money. (laughs) No, 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 no. I'm completely against that. I am fortunate that the way my finances is set up. (laughs) (laughs) Can we talk about the steps yet? What are the steps you took to prepare yourself, whether that was financially, emotionally, what did you do? You know what? Emotionally is actually a really hard, was a hard one because um, some of the decision that I made was, was around emotion. And, and, and when we talk about like, you know, looking back, like retroactively, like, would you have done things different? Like, I wouldn't have let the emotion piece take so much. So I had my, my great grandmothers. Um, I still had two great grandmothers uh, last year. Um, I have three. I had three great grandmothers still living last year. Two of them passed in the same year within months of each other. They were, um, I mean, matriarchs, right, in the family. And, and, and I can remember when my mom was very, very young. She had me at 16 living with my great. I remember living with my great grandmother and her teaching me how to make, you know, gas house eggs or watching her make chicken and dumplings, right? Like those, those things I feel like were the start of, of this passion around food. And when they passed away and, and those were the people who first instilled those things into me, it, it, it sent me on a little bit of a loop. And so I, I had a hard time recovering from those deaths and emotionally, like I, I, I made some of those decisions because I was like, you know what? Life is short. It'll never be a right time. Yeah. I need I need to do this now. Um, and they lived long and full lives, so it's not like 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 you know. But still, I it it, it had me feeling a certain kind of way. So emotionally, I would say uh, I don't know if that was completely there. Um, however, when it when I was off, I made sure to have a an advocacy group that I could lean on, and that is. So so important because the journey, no matter whether you're funded or not, is hard and you need people who you can lean on um, and, and talk to about yeah. the ups and downs. And so I have a core group of friends that I reach out to. We have group sessions sometimes. We strategize together like they're who I lean on when things are when I'm going through. And, and, and that was really important to have a support group um, financially, though. <clears throat> I, I had saved, like, I, I knew that this was eventually something that I wanted to do. So I had savings that where I could lean on and say, you know what, this will, this, this, this savings will last me for this many months. And I had to be willing to say, like, if I don't make it, I'm okay with losing this. Mm. Because um, if you are, and I'm not trying to be, you know, like snooty, but for a good blogger, for a good food blogger, you must have quality photos. A quality photo means a good camera. You must have lighting. You must have, you know, um, you must have, um, I mean, the food that I, I spend more on food for my blog than I spend on food that I, than I eat. Like, so I had to think through the finances of what it actually meant to, to do the blogging and say, like, this is a large investment. Am I OK with losing this if it doesn't work out? And I made that decision to do that, but I gave myself a timetable in order to make that work. And so, um, that's, that, that, that was my approach was, was leaning on kind of the savings that I had built up to do it knowing, because if, 
and, and we're talking about blogging specifically, blogging is about relationships. Yes. Blogging is about trust. Blogging is about building a tribe with people and they don't, they don't start trusting you overnight. And so you have to be, you have to be comfortable with saying like, I'm not going to get, I might not get no likes. I might not get no hits. I might not get anything for a very long time before people actually start engaging with me and my brand. Yeah, that's so true. Like you have to be willing and that's, and that's what's so crucial about side hustling because it's hard, right? You don't get that time that you need. You have to sacrifice. You have to choose money versus time. But at the same time, um, it does take time to build your audience out and, and side hustling for a little bit can provide that. But then, you know, eventually you do have to kind of make a leap. Um, so you, you made the leap though, and you're out here, (laughs) you're out here. Um, talk about your biggest mistake or regret so far. Um, when we talk about like tactical things, I, okay. So one, I went in, I, I, I had a vision. <laughs> I had a dream for my blog. I wanted it to set up a certain way. Typical bloggers. Um, and that's, that doesn't sound right. I think traditionally bloggers will use platforms like WordPress or Squarespace in order to build their blogs because it's very easy and plug and play. Um, I was like, no, <laughs> I want my blog to look this way. And I want it to move this way. And when you click this, I want that to pop up and, and, and so on and so forth. And so I spent a great deal of money trying to be different. Mm. I think there's a time and a place for that. I think that once you build an audience, then you can say, okay, I'm going to invest in differentiating um, but first you need to figure out your voice. So I was like the, my, the beginning stages of my blog were just way, I was way too ingrained in the design of things. And it, it um, I feel like it was a little bit premature. Yeah. I feel like it was a little bit premature to, to uh, granted it, it got people to look at me, but I, it didn't necessarily mean like people were commenting or communicating or engaging more. It's like, mm-hmm. Oh, you got a nice blog, you know? Um, so I, I think there's a time and a place. I think, um, I, I tried to jump ahead, but because I knew I had a timetable that I was living by it, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend that everybody do that. So I got a custom blog and I worked with a brand new, like a, a content management system. And it was just not a good idea. Well, it wasn't a good idea because all the kids hadn't been working. What was that? Um, it's called Presto. Presto. It was called, it's called Presto. Okay. And have you and, since switched uh, from Presto? I switched from Presto and went with traditional WordPress. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the, the great thing about WordPress for all you guys who are looking into, into those as options is that, um, is the plugin is the, is the, is the, is the, is the, is the ability to use plugins and plugins automate and make things so easy when you get the right one, when you've researched and done the right one. Mm-hmm. But because I used, um, that other content management system, there was, I had no compatibility with any of those plugins. So everything was manual. I mean, everything. If you subscribe to my page, I had to download your name and then I took your name and I would upload it to the boxes and then I would prepare. It was just, it was just too many steps. And there's so many other things I could be focusing on from a content perspective than trying to figure out how to logistically get your name into my email system. (laughs) Right. And it's a mistake we all make. You know, I too, when I set up my blog, so my blog, I had KaylaKSpeaks.com for years, like since 09. Um, 
it started out on Blogger, actually. So I moved it to WordPress, and I thought I was doing it. Didn't realize that, <laughs> <laughs> like, I had it on, which one is it? .com versus .org? Or do I have that backwards? I always forget. Thing. I don't. Yeah. I don't even know. But basically, <laughs> I had it on the one that was self-hosted, and they didn't have any plugins. And I didn't realize till I really started getting deeper into this blog to brand game that I that I needed plugins. So I had to switch everything over. I had to, you know, get some hosting, pay for that. So yeah, it's it's intensive. Um, but you brought up an a interesting and really important point that content is greater than creative and and you know design like worry about your content first worry about your core business first before you get into the fancy design stuff um so i'm out here and i actually don't have a logo officially for kayla k speaks like i just made something real quick using the words word swag app because i'm just like you know what I want to get to a point where I feel consistent in my content before I start worrying about getting my photo shoot, getting my all of this. Um, but it, it's a it's a tug of war because I definitely do every week feel like, man, I need some pictures. Man, I need some of this, you know? <laughs> no, it's really hard to fight that fight, particularly when you have an eye for design and yes. you know that like you could could make it you could make it look great but you have to you have to figure you have to decide like when's the actual right time to actually focus that energy yeah. there like the content is I mean cliche but content is king like it, it literally yeah. you just need to make sure that your content is good because people will follow you to the ends of the earth I've seen some really ugly oh me too <laughs> me too out there Halloween right. okay because they've they've put in the work to to make sure that their content is good. So exactly. yeah. Um, speaking of you know followings and people who have sometimes really ugly platforms but great followings and are really profitable, let's talk about income. Now let's get into the finances. Like, how are you making it work? Yeah. So I this is complete transparency. I did not start making a dollar from my blog until May. Mm-hmm. You want to know why? why? Because I relaunched my blog and opened up a store. You can't make, honestly, you cannot make money from your blog w- waiting on some traffic. Okay. No. When you are only a few months in, it's unrealistic. And so I had to think long and hard about what type of products and, and traditionally in the food space, people do eBooks, or people will, you know, do some sort of cooking, you know, something directed to the food. My brand to me and to the people who follow me or my tribe is so much more than that. It's, 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 it's lifestyle. And so I did not want to pigeonhole myself by saying like, let me do this real quick ebook. You get all my recipes for free. Like what? Right, right. (laughs) And I think people are tired of ebooks. People are over the ebooks, man. (laughs) I mean, like, I, 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 but I could have done a, num- a number of things. Like, I could, I could take time out and teach people like graphic design. I could do, I could teach people video editing because I know all those skills. I need to figure out something that I could make money in my sleep. I did not have to do it, and so that was that was my strategy. And like, what aligns to my brand that no matter what, like, it could be, it can stand there on its own. It would make money. It's not, it's not the cliche, but it's totally aligned with my brand and it's not going to take time from my content development. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's how I st- started the Miko on the Dish e-store. But honestly, like this was, this was like May, the end of May was mm-hmm. my, I was like, if, in, if within six months I am not making money, I have to go back 
and work. And I'm literally at that place. So I'm happy that you're that you're following me for this journey because you are literally seeing every single element, um, even up to the point where you're like, I'm down to my last dollars. <laughs> I yeah. mean, Miko sent out a newsletter that she was like, all right, y'all, um, this week has been rough. Uh, I think I'm applying for a Starbucks role. And like, this so serious. Like, I'm going to do some freelancing, which is completely understandable. So are you still thinking of like doing like some temp um, things while you, okay. Yeah, because I'm not, see, my thing is until I'm making at, at least as much or more than what I was making in corporate America, mm-hmm. I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. And so I, I like nice things <laughs> on trips. Y'all, I mean, whoever's following me knows I, I'm trying to be on somebody's beach, right? Like right. this is, these are, these are my objectives in life. And I want, and, and, and I am not going to, um, I am not going to let my my number one objective is is my blog is my blog and my brand, but I'm not going to do anything that I think will jeopardize it. Um, but I still need to live. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so yeah, I I still think about it every day, girl. I did an interview with some with this one startup, and I basically talked the lady out of hiring me. Like no. It, it, during the interview, it, it's kind it's it's kind of bad, but I'm very specific about what I will and won't do because it it has to make sense and allow me to continue to do um to do Miko and the Dish because I I I Miko and the Dish is gonna blow up. I'm just gonna put that out in the in the of universe. Course. Like and it, that's it, why it, I'm it, interviewing it, you because I want to see I want to see the whole trajectory here first, right? Yeah. So it, it's going to blow up. I proclaim it and, and I feel it. And there's so many things that are in the works that are happening. It's just a matter of time. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to do anything to jeopardize it, but still like, I don't, I don't want to be the sad girl who's the entrepreneur friend who can't do nothing. Like, right. no, no. Well, how do you, how do you find something like that? Like that will allow you, you know, because it's kind of like trying to find the perfect man sometimes. Like, like yeah. how do how do you find a job that will still really give you ample time or will it get to be like a job that's okay um time wise and you you get go back to like hustling and fitting it in after work and like that kind of it, I mean you're you're absolutely right I clearly haven't found it yet <laughs> because it is it's really hard to find yeah. um those are the those are the parameters I'm putting around mm-hmm. it and maybe I'll have to lighten those up a little bit but um, yeah, I think, I think it's really hard finding, striking that balance because they're like, I'm paying you. I want your time. Yeah. Especially I want your time. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't have an answer for that. I wish I could say like, I've had it figured out. And once I do, I'm, I'm more than happy to share it when we, mm-hmm. when we meet back up. But yeah, I haven't found it. I haven't found it yet. I, I'll tell you some of the resources that I'm in, am using. Okay. I, I do use Angel Co. a okay. lot. Tell us about um, that. What's Angel that? Co. Angel Cole, Angel dot, I think it's Angel dot Cole is a startup um, like database or resource where a lot of startups post jobs. Um, a lot of the times because they're startups, they're willing to hire someone remotely. So I don't have to pick up and move and go somewhere like I could work from home. And I think that's the biggest thing for me is like if I could work from home, mm. I could I could. I could be doing multiple things at, at one time. Yep. So that's really what I've been looking for. And there's a lot of jobs on there that allow you to do remote work. Um, I've, and, I, and I've applied and I've applied to a, a couple other groups like um, 
what is it called? Crossover. Crossover also hires executives who can work remotely. Okay. Um, so I think there's a lot of there's a lot of new companies popping up that offer like remote work because it's an it's an it's a new office. It's the new office. Like you want talent and you don't want to be um, limited by a region. Like if somebody's good for a job, yeah. um, they they could potentially do a lot of jobs they can do from anywhere. And so that's basically what I've been trying to leverage is those types of those types of networks. Got it. Um, so speaking of networks and things you're leveraging, what other resources in your process so far and in your progress so far, what are like the top five things you've used to build your businesses that every aspiring entrepreneur like needs to know about right now? And it could be anything from platforms to, um, you know, like things you tapped into to save you a coin, (laughs) Mm, the top five things that every entrepreneur should use as a resource. Oh, psh, duh. Um, um, why is it Fiverr? Yes. Fiverr. Are you familiar with Fiverr? I am. I am. I, I've my just life, really started okay? making my life use of, I yeah. of Fiverr. So for those who don't know, get up on game. Fiverr is a really awesome resource um for for freelance artists or um just i mean honestly it's not just artists it's anything that you can go and a lot of the projects they say start at five dollars i mean want want not really true however (laughs) they are cheaper than what you traditionally find in the marketplace and so um when i redid this blog redesign i leveraged a designer from Fiverr. Now I went and searched for a day through all of the options to make sure I found the right talent. But for the most part, like it was, it was grossly cheaper than what I would pay in, in, in the normal marketplace. So, um, Fiverr helped me saying up, save several points. I, I mean, for my designs, for my shirts, like I use, I use Fiverr there. Like I, I communicate my, my design aesthetic and I have somebody else spend the time to bring it to life. I need to create recipes. I need to take photos. I need to, I need to, you know, write content. I cannot be doing everything. I, I, I envision the design and I share it. And that's one of the things that I, that, that, that I use is like, I make sure I communicate really, really well with them. And it always, it always works out. It has up until this point at least. So Fiverr, um, I'm only down with one. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe five was too many, but you know, your top resources, you could do three or two. think let me think let me think so we already talked about wordpress i mean i i just think that when you're developing a new blog try to eliminate as many components of the decision making process as possible like you don't need to learn how to code now (laughs) (laughs) i mean you just don't and so i i think when i took this on i was like i i well still i wear many hats honey Uh but the thing is like eliminate some of those hats yeah, as much right. as possible. Right. So, so basic I would say like code is like good just to know, but let's let's be serious. Like do you want to spend the next year learning how to build sites from scratch? Like is that what you want to do for other people? No, probably not. Don't want to do it. Sure don't. Um no, no, not at all. Um and then also um networking is so crucial in this space. Like I talked to a really, I, I, I've 
I've reached out. I, I totally use the business school. Like, reach out, like, hi, my name is so-and-so. I'm, I really love what you're doing. I'd love to know more. Can we do, like, a little, like, you know, small, like, interview? And I inter- and I interview them, and, and, and I've gotten connections with some major bloggers who are now, who I'm now partnering with. So I think, I think, um, uh, ne- like putting yourself out there, reaching out to people. I I'm a part of like Facebook groups with bloggers where people ask questions. Like as I launched, as I launched my new store, I made sure to post that I'm doing that, but that I'm willing to share my insights about mm-hmm. what I've learned about the store. And so people are like, what vendor are you using to make your shirts? What vendor are you using to design your shirts? Like, where did you come up with? Like, and so you need to give a little to get a little somebody, people will support you. Um, if they feel supported and, and, and the way to do that is to, is to create community with the other people who are doing the things that you're doing. And so, um, I'm a part of a lot of different, like, um, blogger networks and food blogger, um, and, and food blogger groups. Um, what I haven't done as good is like get, get in touch with the local bloggers here in Minneapolis, but I'm working, but that was one of the, like, I interviewed a blogger yesterday and she was like, you need to get connected. And so like, (laughs) that's my next I did with some of the local nice. bloggers. Um, and when you yeah, say and, interview. And she's also talking oh. conferences and things. So like just network, like networking is super duper important. Um, and next is like um, uh, kind of this, like there's the, there's like the industry and then there's just the entrepreneur group networks. Right. And so um, I just started kind of getting into those. I've applied to some competitions and they've passed my name on to other accelerators. And so like, I mean, you know, just making sure that you're making the right connections with people, I think is like really, really, really important. Um, uh, when you're thinking about going out on your own, because, you know, sometimes you're only left to your thoughts, but you know, you don't have it all figured out. You don't have, you need some other opinions and perspectives. Um, so that's three. three. Okay. (laughs) Well, thank you very much. Yeah. We'll take it. We'll take those three. Um, something you said, really resonated with me the networking part and I think sometimes we can get caught up in the word networking because usually it just means these circle of death and these like um these networking events where you're just like circling a room awkwardly but Mm -hmm. no you know people take for granted social networking literally social networking is a form of social it's a form of networking, like social media is really handy and um, it's becoming more and more common for me and you and other people to connect. Like almost everyone I've reached out to, it's been through an email. Like, you know, it hasn't been like a, I met you at an event face-to-face type of deal and that's completely okay as long as you're not sliding into the DMs on some like real disrespectful or weirdness type of thing. Um <laughs> You really can. Folks will do it though. Let me tell you. Yes, they will. Folks will try to slide in the DMs, but yeah, I get you. Folks will do it. Instagram message? Like, I don't ever check Instagram DMs. And every now and again, I'm like, wait, someone's actually trying to connect with me on Instagram? Like, come on, man. My email is very much prominent on my website. So (laughs) that I don't understand, but you know right that's funny whatever that's super funny you know what another thing is that yeah. i was surprised on the conversation of networking yeah. like remember business school they had you order all those business cards and you didn't use one of them yes. right like <laughs> i feel so bad throwing them all away but i'm like i, I don't know just but you know what like i feel like people keep asking me for business cards i'm like yeah. but what what why yes. why <laughs> like yes. you can find my information 
information on the internet, but people, like, I just girls, guys, just get a business card. Like, yeah. it just, it's the right thing to yeah. do. Folks ask for it, and for some reason, they want to put an extra piece of paper so, in their wallet. Like, but... <laughs> I, I, yeah, I struggle with this because I hate business cards with a passion. And I, you know, I've been getting by because I've just been like immediately pulling out my phone and connecting with people on LinkedIn. But I realized like that you're going to have people along the, the whole spectrum. There's some people who are going to be really socially savvy and are down for that. And there's some people who actually keep those cards and follow up that way. So I might, I'm, I'm making a small amount for my next blogger conference that I'm going to in July, but um, this paper yeah. card stuff is just for the birds. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, like you said, there are people all along the spectrum and you yeah. just got to be prepared to connect with them in the way that they want to receive you. Right. So right. that's my thing is like, I was super surprised. I'm like, really? Like I'm a blogger. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Like, it's not that hard. But you know yeah. what? Fine. I will yeah. give you this card. Yeah. <laughs> but anywho, you know, we are coming to a close on our first session because we know we're going to check back in with you um, throughout this year. But before we wrap, what do you think the next three months before we check in again will look like? And, and what are your goals? What are you working on? There are three major drivers that I'm focusing on for the business. So one is the e-store, which is already launched with my first five designs for the dish racks collection. Um, I want that store to be a haven for the foodie, right? So like, it's not just, it's, it's everything that you think of when you think of food. So right now it's more of like a comfort food line um, that's out there, but I want mugs, I want pins, I want, I want purses. I want people to be like, however you want to share your food love, you can do it. And so I'm super excited to continue to expand the brand and um, the foodie love so that people can partake. So so that that's one thing is that continue, continue to look out at the store because it's going to continue to grow and offer so much more. Um, and then I'm hoping to bring, you know, my tribe in there and to help me make some of the decisions for this. So I think, I think, you know, these are the people who are wearing it. So they should be deciding like what goes on the shirt. So like I will be doing some sweepstakes and things like that to kind of get some people's opinions and, and, and involvement there. Um, and then, so on, on the actual foods, food side of things, like actual food, <laughs> um, <laughs> So one of the things that that I realized, like my audience is a millennial professional, right? Um, An urbanite, like they love food pictures. They may never make my recipes. As a as a food blogger, that is hard to digest because you're like, I'm making these recipes for you to try. like, I'm trying to make it easy for you, but they will ne- they will never venture in to actually make the recipes. How do uh, and, and honestly, that's I had to be okay with that, but now I'm trying to figure out how do I still give someone the experience? And so now I'm looking at creating actual dining experiences, small, yes, honey. dining experiences where I come to your city and we can actually partake in big break bread together and build some community. Yes, so DC first. <laughs> Yes, I'm, 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 I'm hoping to develop that out. And so that's, I'm super excited about that. I'm like in the very infant stages of that. Um, and then also um, just from just continuing to, to make a stamp on the, the digital food space, 
I've partnered with some a really great blogger, Darius Cooks. He is big, um, but and he's and he's you know found some favor in, in little old me. But we're working on this thing called the Black Food Network, and essentially what it is is a platform online where everything you could think about, like our 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 experiences with food are. Our, our stories are told. And so it's not like black African-American. It's like Afro-Latino. It's Caribbean. It's everything. And so we have representation across. Too. Yes, yes, yes. We're super excited. That launches in August. Yay. And so we are currently working on our storyboards for our different, because we're having shows, honey. We are yes. having, we are doing it. And so no, it's like it's black and sexy ex- TV for food, right? It's oh, like- and I love me some black and sexy. <laughs> are you a black and sexy? I love me some black yes. and Shout out to black and sexy TV. Shout okay. Out. But yes, like, Yes. So, um, yeah, essentially we are doing, we are, we're doing different shows. We have representation across, uh, the culinary spectrum and super excited to kind of start telling those stories, um, on a larger scale so that we can find the things that you, me, we can find what we're looking for when we're looking for those recipes. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. And before we go, I just realized we forgot to really touch on branding because I think you've had a lot of success in, um, growing your brand and building out Miko in the dish and you're only getting started. So can you talk about some of the key things that helped you, for example, like, you know, you, you opened up your social platforms and within months they were really uh growing yeah. and and had you know a, a good number of followers so like what are some of the things you're learning as you go and what's really helps you with branding yeah so one i mean i'll go back so i i, I it's a it's a positive and a, neg- a negative that eye for design thing was 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 key there and so knowing um I, I took like you know notes from from Apple and clean design and making sure that 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 when I, sometimes when I look at blogs they food blogs particularly they look very cluttered. There's a lot going on. It's like how do you what message do you want people to know about? And so I always wanted to make sure that my message was always clear no matter who came to my site. So I I, I develop I developed like standards guidelines for style. Yeah. for my blog. And I think that's important. And I think that some cluttered blogs really, really work. I've seen case studies where it's like they had their blog really clean and they changed it cluttered and, and sales grew crazy. It just depends on like, who are you and who are, what's your brand and what do you stand for? And for me, that's, that's what I stood for. So I wanted to make sure that that was represented in everything. When you look at my um, Instagram, to me, an Instagram is like your billboard. I mean, it's the quickest way for for someone to figure out what you're about. There's no like words like mingling up who you are. It's a quick and easy, dirty and easy look. And so for me, my Instagram is my prized possession and I treat it as such. It's almost honestly like I'm whispering this because like nobody, (laughs) no bloggers should say like it's almost more important than my blog. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, this micro blogging thing is real. Yeah. And so um, Instagram food. has, yeah, for, for food particularly because it's such, it's, it's such a visual thing. So this is, this, so from a branding perspective, one of the things that I learned from Target is all about experience and um, how to, how to make people have experiences when they engage with your brand. And that, that's my thing. And so food is like all about taste, but people can't taste my food through a picture. Mm -hmm. So how do I elicit that flavor, whether it be the music in the background, the bright colors and the image, the action or the, or the animation that I'm doing? Like I think about all those things because you need to taste it 
through the, that's what I think you need to taste it through this picture. And so, um, I, I think I've been successful because I've really taken those learnings from target about experience and, and, and making people feel a certain way and implementing that into the way that I approach my brand overall. That's so awesome. Like, you're right. Like, when I look at your pictures, I get hungry. And <laughs> I <laughs> that's feel... a good thing. I'm doing my job then. Right, I'm doing my job. Right. So that's interesting <laughs> that you say that because you, you know, you kind of put into words what I already experienced when I look at your Instagram. So, all right. Well, with that's that, awesome. I think we're going to wrap up this session. Um, thank you so much for joining us today we can't wait to check back in after august and see um everything come to fruition and and learn more about you know pros cons what happened ups and downs and your great accomplishments in the next stage what's the best way for people to get in touch with you you can email me. You can go to my blog. Give me a hit on the blog. <laughs> go to the contact page. Um, or you can email me directly at Miko, M-E-I-K-O, at MikoInTheDish.com. All right. Thanks so much, Miko. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to Side Hustle Pro. If you like the show, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. And if you want to hear more from me, you can find me online at SideHustlePro.co and on social media on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at SideHustlePro. Talk to you next week.